1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First 11 Cricket Show. Got him! Well, that's a good way to do it. Very close. Out! Big shot. Pulled away. Four runs. Bang! Hits that one away. That's six. Welcome to another Saturday night here on 5AA. It is time for more cricket talk. And it's the most local cricket chat you'll get on radio. Sam Tuggle with Paul Bonzer for the first 11 cricket show once again in 2021. Bonds, welcome to you, mate. G'day, Sam, and hello to everyone out there in 5AA land. It's uh, another Saturday. Lots of cricket again to discuss, Sam. Yeah, it's been a big day and a great one for Australia. have been sitting down watching the Test match on a lazy Saturday. Two for 103 at Stumps. If you've only just uh, tuned into what's happened during the day, Australia lead India just shy of 200 runs. It's a 197 run lead, uh, obviously with eight wickets in hand at the SCG on Jane McGrath Day, which has been amazing to watch on television. Pink everywhere. It is good. It's gr- it's part of the Sydney Test every year now. Has been oh, it's been a while now, hasn't mm. it? It's been quite a I think while. Thirteen years, something like that. It's amazing the amount of money they raise for breast cancer uh, nurses, which is what it's all about raising money. And this year, anyone wherever, wherever doesn't matter where you are, you can buy a seat. Yeah, a virtual seat, and you can still do that. Pinktest.com.au is the place to go. They have so far they they set out with a goal of one million dollars. Yes, they have already broken that. Quite comfortably, as of this morning, it was already 1.5 mil. After Jane McGrath Day today, because day three is always Jane McGrath Day, the special day, they always do all the, the pink things on the ground. 2.2 million bucks is what they've raised after three days of cricket. That is outstanding. That is outstanding. And you can, yes, you can still donate. Seats are only $20. Yep. So if you can afford $20 to donate to breast cancer, it's a great idea. Yeah. 111,000. They've been able to sell these these virtual seats. It's yeah. incredible that they can make uh, so, it's such a clever campaign, and they've managed to do such great things. I think there's only 150 breast care nurses across Australia. 150, like you couldn't even fill Highmarsh Square with that many people. And that's and there's thousands and thousands of people across our great nation which are suffering from uh, breast cancer. So it's incredible that the McGrath Foundation 13 years ago only had about, what, less than 10 breast care nurses under them, and now they've managed to grow so big. So this is a great cause. Pinktest.com.au, you can go and support that, the, the McGrath Foundation. Now, on to the test, cricket, uh, the series is level one all bonds. Yes. At the moment, Australia have had an exceptional day three. About to be 2-1, Sam. Uh, yes. So just recapping, Australia 338 in the first innings. Smith 131, Labashane 91, Will Pukowski on debut 62. And uh, Jadeja was the best of the bowlers. He had 4-4-62. India all out for 244 today. Gill made 50, Pajara made 50. Paddy Cummins, the best test bowler almost the best bowler yeah. in the world, uh, four for 29, Joshy Hayeswood, two for 44, and three magnificent runouts. Amazing fielding. Today, I think the fielding was the winner for Australia. That's what tipped them over the edge uh, in terms of dominance. They were pretty good with their ball work. Um, they were really persistent on the spot most of the day. There were so many chances 
Like so many off the bat chances, edges and, and ones off the pads and, and bits and pieces like Nathan Lyons, uh, work with Matthew Wade under the lid at short leg for a while there in the first session was just, uh, it was, he had to laugh eventually because it happened that many times they just couldn't get a wicket. But the fielding later on in the next session was exceptional. They took seven for 102. India lost seven for 102. So it was an epic collapse, really. Um, and it was only a little tail wag at the end with Ravi Jadeja that got them up to the total of 244. So the lead was 94 at the halfway mark of the game, so to speak. And we've put on a really good total since two for 103. Yeah. I, it started with the run out from Josh Hazelwood as well. Mm. Uh, if you haven't seen that, uh, go have a look at it. It's uh, a pick up and throw and hit the stumps and. And it sort of started a chain reaction and they started losing wickets from there. But the bowling was excep- exceptional, like you said. Cummins was outstanding. Mm. Just gave nothing away. Yeah, that's right. Made it very difficult. The Sydney track is a little bit up and down now, which is going to make it even harder for the Indians chasing on, on a fourth, uh, in fourth innings. I love the fact that, um, the pitch's got a little bit in it because I think the last two tests, it's been the most neutral t- cricket pitches you could possibly get. And they, they play evenly for everyone. And whoever the better team is will just win on it. So this is now going to create some challenges. It's a bit like a whacker when you get some cracks to open up. Changes the game halfway through and you have to adapt. I love this. We've got a little bit up and down. Here's what Paddy Cummins, the man of the day, had to say on the pitch. Didn't quite work. We'll try that again. Yeah, it's a little bit um, up and down. Probably more, you know, today's day three. It's probably more like a day four or five wicket. You've just got to throw the ego out the door and just bowl straight. It's going to be a slow grind. Um, we set some straight fields and just kind of hope the, the wicket, you know, the odd ball jumps or so. So, yeah, I thought we stuck that plan really well and it, you know, worked out for us. There's one that David Warner got late, uh, in the late in the day today, which just stayed so low it didn't get past his ankles. And it, no. it pitched at a good length. No, and there's a couple that took off from a good length as mm. well. So it's going to be difficult. I, I, I'm almost at the point where I think the Aussies have almost got enough. 197 lead. I think they get another 50. I think India can't win. They've got enough? Yeah. 200? I don't think India are making more than 200 in Jeez, a second. Geez, they collapsed today and made 244. Yeah, but it's a fourth, fourth day track. Um, they're going to, that will get more than 250 in front. Mm-hmm. Might be, they'll be chasing 300, maybe 350. Yeah. Cause there's still plenty of time left in the game with, uh, no rain on forecast for the next few days either. That's important. So I think, you know, you got a massive lead. Just you, you're out of the test match. Mm. It's, you're a bit deflated unless someone like, Pajara sticks around for three days. Which he can do. <laughs> Which he can do. But he's not going to score the runs. That's right. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Now, well, let's hear from Paddy Cummins again. He did speak later on today about that situation. What are Australia going to do with the bat now? They're two down, but they are in full control. Well, I think, you know, the runs is, is probably going to be the most important. Yeah, at least, you know, a session and a half, two sessions, have a good crack at them. So a couple of sessions tomorrow, they reckon. That'll give them a day and a half to try and bowl out the Indians again. Well, if they bat to, let's say they they bat to just before T, they'll be leading by 300 plus. Yeah. Which will be plenty. Oh, probably even, yeah, that's probably, yeah, that probably is enough, isn't it? If they can go out, go hard in the morning, get to 300, you get to maybe 3.30 just after lunch for a 45-minute slog, and then here we go, we've got a day and two-thirds. 
and no team has made more than 300 runs in a fourth innings on the Sydney cricket ground to win a test match. Wow. Good luck to you, India. There you go. Balls in your court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so you get to 300. There's a really good chance you're not losing. Unless yeah. a miracle happens, you're not losing. Mm. We know we know they can be a good batting team when they need to be, and they've pulled miracles out before in Australia uh, with the bat in the last innings. Well, I think um, they looked at a, a game on Fox earlier today where they went back to Adelaide in 2003, 2004, I reckon it was, and, um, and there was a game where Australia hit 560 in the first innings and India won. Uh, they just bat and bat and bat, and they're a defiant team. So you can never rule them out, but I do like the confidence. I'd like to think that we can win from this point at the end of day three. Now, the the chat that came out of selection during the week was that, of course, someone had to make way for Will Pekofsky, who came in to make his debut, which I think everyone in the country is so pumped for, and he's done well so far. But it was at the expense of our South Australian Travis Head. It's wrong. It's wrong, Sam. I know I might have said last week that Wade will probably play instead of Trav, but it's wrong. It is wrong. And it's we've got the stats here, and it's this simple. Wade's 34 years of age, Trav's 27. Wade's played 34 tests at an average of 31. Trav's played 19 tests at an average of 40. Uh, Wade has made 400s and 550s. Trav's made 200s and 750s. There's not mm. much in it in, in what they've done in the first two tests they scored about the same Wade was obviously went up to open took the responsibility maybe gets a free run at that but it played yeah. a filthy slog in the first innings to get out how much pressure does that put back on Matthew Wade I think there's a lot of pressure again and look we can be you know, lounge chair experts and, and have our say and it mean nothing, but it does feel like a bit of pressure should go back on him because it's not just the fact that he did the team thing, he went up to open. It's the way he's batted that's been really intriguing to watch. At least Travis Head, in the moments where he's been out to bat, there's been a lot of responsibility on him and he's batted responsibly, sensibly, and has worked Australia into a position where they need to go and it's helped the team. Matthew Wade has had a, a big weight put on his shoulders to go up the top of the order. He's helped the team and a team when they needed it. But he's gotten out in some extraordinarily stupid ways. He's, and it's not just happened once in this test. It's happened in Melbourne as well. Yeah, in Melbourne he played across the line, hit sky one. But it was same. not required. No, no, it's just a poor shot. So my point is, I think if you're looking at the character traits, because that's what they've been selecting players on in the past, this is a Tim Payne and Justin Langer thing, you're picking on character traits. Matthew Wade's stupidity probably puts him below Travis Head a little bit in that in that space. That's my opinion. I just feel like he's not batting sensibly enough when we've got Travis Head, who really is up to it. There you go. It's uh, <laughs> Let's get Trav back in for the fourth. <laughs> 822300. Definitely have your say on this because... We as South Australians are filthy, aren't we? Yeah, we're a bit dirty. A little bit? Yeah, a little bit dirty. Very dirty. We love Trav. KG's dirty. And we can't even play. <laughs> the thing is, we can't even get Trav back for the big bash because he's got to stay in the bubble Yeah, for the fourth test. That's true. That's Wherever that's played. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that after the break very okay. soon. We're going to talk about what is going to happen with this fourth test in Brisbane. Will it happen? Will it even get to Brisbane? Will India forfeit? Will Australia win the series? Who knows? We're about to find out. We'll chat next on the First Eleven Cricket Show. On 1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First Eleven Cricket Show. 
Quarter past six on a Saturday evening. Welcome back to the First Eleven Cricket Show. Sam Tugwell with Paul Bonds of this afternoon. Australia at Stumps on day three, a two for 103, leading India by 197 with still eight wickets in hand. A good position for Australia at the moment. On the line with us is John from Oakland's Park. You can give us a call as well, 822-3000 on the test match. Now, John, before we get you to have your say, mate, earlier in the week you said uh, that Steve Smith should be dropped. Now, I want a formal apology, please. <laughs> You'll get it. <laughs> he got my message. Because... I'd, it was with uh, it was with Ken Cunningham actually when they were talking about Joe Burns getting dropped, which fair enough. And at that time, in four innings, Smith had made eight runs. Yes, he had. Right. And as far as I was concerned, uh, Travis Head unfortunately wears a red cap. If it was blue, he probably would have been retained <laughs> in the side. I'm fair dingham about that. We get we get shafted all the time. Like I. I reckon there's another bloke that should be playing at Test match level, and that's Sir Carey. Yep, and t- and Alex Carey is is very much up to the level, isn't he? Of course he is. You know, but mate, we're not on the eastern eastern block. That's what our problem is. So and where players- where would you field Alex Carey though? If uh, your captain's the keeper, where's Alex mm. going to field? Well, um. He could field around in the slips, mate. He'd be all right. Well, Matty Wade's a keeper. He has to run in the field yeah, good as well. Point. So good point. Yeah. But you can't pick five fielders, so someone, something's got to give. If you want Travis Head in, you can't have Kerry because the Aussie pick, the Aussie selectors won't pick two South Aussies, would they? There's no way they'd do that. Oh, there's the old adage, adage that you said there, John. The, the blue cap always wins over the red cap when it comes it to the selection. It feels that yeah. way. I'm glad Smith got my message. He must have got it because he, <laughs> he must have thought hey, they could drop me. Uh, and he comes out and he hits that uh, that brilliant ton that he, he made. And uh, at the moment, he's got 29 on the plate. Well, I hope he can continue. And I do agree with you. If we get to 300, there is no way India will beat us on the... Even if they get a day and two-thirds to bat, they will not beat us if we get to 300. There you go. Thanks for your call, Johnny, from Oaklands Park. You can have your say as well, 822-3000. You can uh, get in the running, $50 ace cricket voucher on yes. the line as well. It can be all yours if you could just give us a call, or you can text 0448 08 at all times. We're always open to that. But uh, the question at the moment that we're looking at is whether or not the fourth test will go ahead. Brisbane's in lockdown. It'll go ahead. And I just had just as rumors coming out, murmurs around that it's probably going to be at the Gabba, mm-hmm. which is great. That's where it should be. So they'll make some, the Queensland government will make some exceptions mm-hmm. so that the teams aren't in complete lockdown. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think there's too much wrong with that. So the Brisbane test, um, the Queensland government, they said there's going to be no exemptions made um, if they continue to act irresponsibly. So that's we saw the Indian players come out and basically break the bubble a couple of times. They had they broke it once, and it was only found out because some poor guy went on Twitter and tried to talk about his brush with fame and hugging a player, etc. And all of a sudden, it's broken out. There was an investigation. We found it has happened another two times, and all those occasions, the Indian players haven't worn a mask. That's breaking the bubble. Yes. So they need to be more responsible than that in this biosecure bubble. Otherwise, the Queensland government might just say, you can't come in. 
So they allowed an exemption to start with. When they said the fourth test is going to go, it's going to be in Brisbane, it's all going to be all good, there's an exemption for you to come in because you're in a bubble. But once they've learnt this stuff, they've gone, hang on a minute, watch yourselves, otherwise you might not come in. I think they give them a little slap on the wrist. You want to hope so. And uh, they get as much food delivered as they want. Now, <laughs> they don't have to eat out. Their, their requests are, we want to eat on the same floor of our hotel room. That's not much to give them. Surely we can do that. Is that Surely okay? Surely we can do that. Surely we can allow that. But this is hard quarantine they're asking for Queensland. They're saying, you guys have come from New South Wales. You know, it's COVID ridden. I, it's think, not, I think you'll find that uh, the rules, rules would just be bent a tad because Queensland don't want to lose the test match. No, they won't want to. And there'll be people at the crowd. There'll be people there, people at the game. That, well, at the moment, with Brisbane in lockdown, Greater Brisbane in lockdown, it makes it tough because Queensland were the first state to go back to full crowds. Yes. And now they might not be doing as such. I reckon they'll limit the game. But they're only going into a three-day lockdown. True. Like we had here. But are they going to enforce a bit more social distancing in the crowd, perhaps? It won't be just... Maybe. Pack them in? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll it'll reduce to maybe seventy five percent, fifty percent capacity yeah. at the fourth test. But the the murmurs around the place is mm. that it will go ahead and it will be at the Gabba. Yeah, they haven't had to move the Big Bash game, which is meant to happen on Sunday at Metricon, because the Gold Coast is outside Greater Brisbane. Correct. So that's good for them. There was a whole bunch of other sports caught up in it too, which was crazy. I think our 36ers were up in Cairns. We were worried about them. We thought, geez, are they count because they're in Queensland? But no, they're far from Greater Brisbane, so that's okay. Um, But yeah, the fact that India came out and said during the week they will not fly to Brisbane. Uh, We will not, in bold, fly to Brisbane. You went, heck, is this this thing up in the air or what? Like if if we let them hang out, if we hang them out to dry and we say, okay, we'll we'll fly to Brisbane and you don't have to, you forfeit because you didn't walk onto the ground on day one. Um, that's not a good thing you want to do with a relationship with the BCCI when they're giving you 300 mil to put I, this I, thing on. I don't necessarily think it's the BCCI doing this. I think it's the playing group, the Indian, the Indian team. They're going, no, we don't want to do this. We don't want to stay in a hotel room again for another two weeks You know, while we're playing. We, don't, we want some freedom. We want... To be able to train when we want to train. That's, yeah. And I think that's where it's come from. It doesn't look, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit liberal with this because they've been in a bubble. They are careful. Uh, the amount of cases in Queensland is minimal. The community spread is minimal. I'm, I'm, yeah, let's just play the test match at the Gabba. Yeah. Because we'll beat you're right. them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't won there in so long. No. So we definitely do want to play there. But I think, um, you're right in a sense that there is, yeah, it, it's gonna, it's gonna take a bit to finally work it out. And they, it, the players have spent a long time in a bubble, which makes it tough on them. I mean, it's almost six months. Like hmm. they had the IPL in the UAE. Yes. So they had to go in a bubble there. Then they've flown here, had hard quarantine for 14 days in Sydney before the T20s and one dayers. But once that was over, they thought in Australia, the rules were once you land in Oz and you spend 14 days in quarantine, you're free. You can wander wherever you want, do whatever you want, because you've done your quarantine and you're negative. That's not how it works. Our state borders are so annoyingly complicated right now, they don't quite have that in their mind, and they think that, hey, we've had enough, we don't want to go into state, that they can just say that and it be okay. It's It doesn't quite work like that. So it will be a strange little complicated next few days as to how they manage to sort this out quickly before they can 
make a decision to fly up to Brisbane or stay in Sydney? Because apparently their CG haven't started on a backup pitch. So it's oh, got to go. No, that, I don't, that's the least of the worries, I think. If you want to get a creep pitch up, you'll get a creep pitch up. But I, but I think it'll be in Queensland. That's what cricket is. We'll, we'll know within a day or two. It'll be but, great. Couple but of days. I think it's going to Queensland. All right. There you go. There's your, you have your say anyway. A double two three double O double O. We've had ours. $50 ace cricket voucher there for you if you'd like. Um, another one thing that has been interesting is Tim Payne and the DRS the last couple of days. Jeez, he's a bit uh, hot under the collar. It's a bit grumpy. A little bit. Grumpy painting. <laughs> Not very often do we see Grumpy Tim. Uh, yeah, he's normally very jovial and, and joking around. Um, he did actually make a joke on, I heard on the uh, stump cam about the, the Indians going out for a feed and breaking COVID. Um, so look, I, the DRS has, it's not perfect. And again, people expect perfection with this, with this technology mm. and it isn't. And there's been some umpiring decisions and some DRS results that sort of haven't gone according to plan. Yeah. So you can understand Tim Payne being a little bit grumpy. There's, I can understand where people stand on the DRS as well because it has, has, it has its flaws, doesn't it? I mean, not nothing, especially with the ball tracking, the LBW stuff. That's, that's one thing that isn't ever going to be perfect. I, I want to play this for you. This is what Sachin Tendulkar said on the DRS a few weeks back when we had this big discussion about whether we should have it in the game or not. Should we get rid of it? All that sort of stuff. Um, this is the great Sachin Tendulkar. It's about a minute long. He has a little monologue. Have a listen. I am not convinced with the DRS rule at all. You know, let's understand one thing. Why do players go to third umpire? Because they are not happy with on-field umpire's decision. And it is as simple as that. Once you've gone upstairs to the third umpire, then on-field umpire's decision should not come into picture at all. You know, it really doesn't matter whether the ball is hitting 10% or 15% or 70%. It shouldn't matter because when you get bold, nobody talks about it. Now, I understand that a tracking system is not foolproof it's not 100% accurate but can you name me one umpire who's never made a mistake in his career we all make mistakes and it's human to make mistakes but since we've decided to go ahead with technology let's pack it and over a period of time we'll get closer to 100% but at least in everyone's mind we are clear that if the ball is hitting any part of the stump it really doesn't matter I mean Smith got out it just literally kissed the bail so even if it is kissing a bail and umpire has given not out, that decision should be overturned when they have referred to the third umpire. What's your take on that, Bonds? He's mm, basically saying we need to back it in. It's not a bad thought from the little master. I, I don't like DRS. I'm not. I'm a cynic when yeah, it comes okay. to ball tracking. Yep. And so I would disagree with such and because of that. Yep. It, I don't think it's perfect. Well, not, not, not even perfect. I don't, I don't even think it's, it's in that. So I think it's a bit 50 50. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm going to disagree with him massively here. So he says it doesn't matter if it clips at 10%, 15%. That's the ball hitting the stumps. And that 10 to 15% is usually where we get that whole umpire's call thing mm-hmm. because people are a little, we're not, un, we're not, un, sorry, we're not sure if the ball is actually hitting the stumps or not because Realistically, the the whole premise of LBW is we're taking a guess as to whether the ball was going to go on and hit the stumps. 
We no one knows. No one's ever known in an LBW decision ever. Full stop. Mm-hmm. So unless it's as plum as plum, it, you've got to just make a judgment call. And what the DRS, the ball tracking does is it gives us a little bit more of a probably informed possibility of what it will do. Correct. Now, if the, if the umpire says live, I don't reckon that's going to hit, and the ball on DRS tracking clips 10% of it, he's got 90% of that decision right, hasn't he? Correct. So you'd kind of back that in first. Correct. And, and it doesn't, and I get it, it might shave the stumps in real life, but that doesn't mean that this decision was that far from being wrong. So at the end of the day, I think we just got to allow for this stuff. Umpire's call is a good thing. So Yeah, I'm, I'm with you here. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. What people don't like is that when they see that, they go, well, the ball was hitting the stumps. Mm. But they don't go, well, the ball may have hit the stumps. Correct. Because that's what it is. That's it might have hit the stump. Going on ball tracking, which isn't perfect, it may have hit the stump. It's a guess. But they look at the screen, they look at the TV, yep. and they see the ball <laughs> hitting the stump, and Coley is batting, and yep. he's on 108. <laughs> <laughs> he's out. Why yeah. is he still there? So that's where... Yeah, I, I agree with you. Umpire's call needs to stay there until someone can show me and prove that ball tracking is 100% accurate. That's right. I, I think, and it's worth having your say on this. Eight double two three double o double o. have your say because the DRS has frustrated people in the past. People, you know, it's funny. There were people, there was a conversation about two weeks back and we were saying the DRS is... Uh, uh, is a joke, you know, Tim Payne got out when he didn't hit it, you know, it doesn't prove anything, we should just scrap the whole thing. In the same breath, in the same day, in the same week, we were talking about, we need to bring the DRS into the Big Bash, because we've got horrible decisions <laughs> being made by the human eye. Seriously? I found that quite humorous. But yeah. anyway, have your say, you can text us 0448-08-1395, or give us a call, 822 a $50 Ace Cricket voucher tonight to give away. We'd love to do that. Johnny from Oakland's Park is already in the running. You can be too. Good way to start 2021. Next, we're going to talk strikers. On 1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First 11 Cricket Show. Certainly is 27 minutes to seven on your Saturday evening. Sam Tuggle with Paul Bonza this evening for the first 11 cricket show, as always on a Saturday. Bonds, Australia today finished two for 103 in the test match, which is good, leading by 197. Uh, but the Big Bash has been uh, just about. Uh, just getting started, in fact. The Optus Stadium in Perth, the Sydney Thunder winning the toss, electing to bowl against the Perth Scorchers. Uh, our strikers have had a couple of games this week against the bottom team in the Renegades, and oh boy. Well, had a win on Tuesday night. Tuesday yeah. night was a good performance. They made 5 for 171. Gibson, 43 not. Weatherald, 51, batting down the order. Uh, Renshaw, 35, opening the batting. Then bowled the Renegades out for 111. Harvey was the top scorer for them, 34. Sids, our man Sids, got three for 16. Uh, Wes Agar, three for 23. They have been two of the premium bowlers in the BBL and uh, taking tons of wickets. Then Friday night, we'll skip over this because the strikers, well, maybe not. No, we can't. They... Uh, made seven for 177. Salt made 59. Carey, 42. Renshaw, 30, opening the batting again. Uh, Peter Hatzaglue, the uh, district cricketer from Adelaide, with <laughs> <laughs> three for 43. And the Renegades, four for 178. Muhammad Nabi, 
71 knot. He was unbelievable. He was very good. Rash got two for 24. Um, they left some runs in the bank, mm. the strikers. They were on track to score 200. They were flying with Kerry and Salt going. And then they both lost their wickets around about the same time. Thought Salt's shot to get out after Kerry had just gone. Um, probably he'd want back. Mm. He should have just settled for a while and him and Wells just build another partnership. Uh, but, uh, oh, sorry, it wasn't Wells that came in. Um, because Wells came Gibson? in down the track. It was Gibson. Yeah. So they just played some poor shots and instead of making 190, 200, which the Renegades wouldn't have got. Yeah. They left the, just the door ajar. You know what really irks me about the strikers at the moment? And it's probably a very minuscule thing, but it's, it's just kind of annoyed me. The last time we met, Jake Weatherald was opening the batting. There's been three games since. And especially in the last two, he hasn't been at the top of the order. He's been at number six and number four. I'm so confused by that. So in T20 cricket, the first four overs now, it's not the first six overs, the first four overs is the power play. And that is when your best, fastest scoring batsmen dominate the bowlers and you get off to a fast start. That is the whole idea of it. Now, last Friday night, they definitely did that. Carey and Renshaw went really fast and that was great. But it didn't quite, it, it didn't quite um, execute as well as it could have because even on Monday night, um, when they played, oh, sorry, Tuesday night when they played the Renegades, it wasn't quite as quick as it could be. And I just thought, Weatherald is the perfect guy for a power play at the start of any game. He always has been and probably always will be because that's just his natural aggressive game. So I've written down what's happened in the last couple of games between Renshaw at the top of the order, who I think, as much as he's a good bat, he's not a T20 opener because he's just a little bit slow. Compared to Jake Weatherald, he's batted at six and number four. Weatherald at, at those two positions has scored 51 off 25, so still made a 50 at really quick pace at number six, and 19 off 10 the other night on Friday. Average strike rate of 200. Now, that's quick, and that's exactly what he plays that's like. That's what you want. That's what you want as an opener. But that's batting down the order. Renshaw has made scores of 35 off 28, so not it's all, just more than run a ball, and 30 off 23, which again, just at a run a ball, if not a, a bit more. So he's averaging 127 as a strike rate. Now for mine, I'm just looking at that and going, why, ha- why, we've, why have we made that move when you really want your best bats at the top scoring fast? Do you think the power surge has changed this? I don't like the so idea is the, of that. So is the idea of when, when Jake made his 50 off 20, yep. power surge was part of that. Mm. So. Yeah, I, I I think what happened is that they weren't batting well. They were struggling a little bit. Jake was struggling at the top a little bit. Mm. Couple of in only only in a couple of games, he just was couldn't hit the ball off the square yeah. <laughs> for some reason. So Dizzy and his team wanted to change it up a little bit, swap the order around. Mm. We talked about John Wells maybe batting at three. three yep. That didn't happen. He stayed at four. Carey stayed at three, and they took Renshaw. To open and weather all down. So, and it's, it, it's sort of same, same result really. Yeah. Hasn't really changed. I think when it comes down to it, they're a batter short. You're probably right. Bringing Matt short won't help that position. <laughs> I'm just, I'm making a bad pun. <laughs> no, yeah. Pun, uh, yeah, yeah pun included. Did, didn't work. Uh, um, but you're right. I think that they, they probably are a, a really powerful batter in the middle. They've got some good, like, 
um, sort of cover batsmen in the middle that can sort of fill the gaps, but they're not going to take a game away when they're all batting together. And when you've got three or four of them in the middle order, like you said, they're all sort of, they're filler batsmen. They're not take the game away from your batsmen. They don't quite execute the fast runs you need. I reckon they're, I reckon they're a batter short. Like, for example, let's have a look at the Scorchers, who are below them on the ladder, who they had one win, one loss. Uh, they've got Roy Livingston, who are imports, mm-hmm. Josh Inglis, Munro, who's an import. Yep. So they've got three imports as batters. Mitch Marsh, Ashton Turner, Aaron Hardy. So they're there. You know, they've got Turner, Marsh, Munro, Inglis, Livingston, Roy. There's six quality batters mm. there. Yeah. And the stars are the same, six quality batters. Uh, even to a lesser extent, the Thunder, Kawaja, Hales, Ferguson, Billings, Alex Ross, yeah. Ben Cutting. Yeah, they're so all It's, a, it's yeah. a pretty solid. And I just think that the strikers are one batter short. Well, what we did this year is we invested in another spinner in uh, Bricks, yep. who at the time I thought might be an exciting new opportunity to look at because no one's really done that before, gone with two spinners who can take a game away maybe in T20 cricket. It's not, it's pretty rare. Um, usually you have your one star spinner and your, and your, you know, your fast bowlers and that's, that's sort of just the general way to go. But it could have been a great thing to try two spinners. It hasn't quite worked the way I think we would want it to. I mean, as great as Briggs has been, I think he's been just as good as, you know, maybe just another part-time spinner like a Travis Head has been in the past, just just to tighten up a few overs. There's a guy in grade cricket in Adelaide who uh, could probably do the job of Dan- Danny Briggs, and that's uh, Daniel Drew from West Torrance. Mm. Now, he's on a Redbacks list. Just just throw that up there. I like that. <laughs> just And then that, that allows you to bring in an import batter, mm. another import batter. So... Yeah, oh, look, it, it's hard to criticise Dizzy and what he's done because Danny Briggs has been pretty good. He's the best UK and spinner. They've, they've got a fantastic bowling lineup, which has saved them in a couple of games. It didn't save mm. them in this game. Yeah, I agree. So now they're four and five. They're still fourth on the ladder. I think that's it's really um. What's well, top five as well? Yeah, it, it's amazing. They're fourth. I think is that a is that a way of putting it? Like they just I don't expect them to be up there, but they somehow are. Yeah, they've got a couple of uh, the bash boosts. They've yeah, got that's a couple of them, them well, which has helped them stay there. Eight games this year, and I think we've won six of them yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and there's only up. there's only one more home game left, ladies and gentlemen. So Monday night is the last home game for the strikers. So Correct. make sure you get along to that. And guess what? What? It's Rashid Khan, everyone's favourites, fiftieth game for the strikers. So what a what a fantastic reason to get along on Monday night Absolutely. to the Adelaide Oval, the final home game for the Strikers, unless we get a final, mm. and Rash's 50th game. What are some of the great memories of Rashid Khan for you? Like He has had just an enormous impact on our city. Like You'd think that some cricketing imports from overseas wouldn't have much of an effect on a town, but we have just fallen in love with this guy. I have a bit of a self-indulgent um, memory. Ooh. Of Rash. Please. Second season he played here. Uh, obviously I was announcing. Yeah. First time I got to call Rash. Yeah. Make some noise. N- next in for the strikers. Rash, he can't. Crowd absolutely went nuts. Yeah. You know, 40,000 people there and the roar for Rashid Khan when he's bowling or batting 
just ten times louder than anyone else. It is. It's just so so much love for him at the Adelaide Oval. Mm. That's an amazing. That's actually really cool because. Yeah, for, for, for many listeners who may not know, you, you've done a lot of announcing for the strikers in previous years and a lot of the big bash up to now. So you have experienced some incredible adrenaline rushes in that space, haven't you? Travis Head's 100. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That night was amazing. Yeah. There's oh. been some, you know, there's been the, there's finals and, and games that go down to the wire. It's been, yeah, it's been good fun. Won the championship. Were Won you the there championship. For? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Now that's, that's incredible. My memory of Rashid Khan, my favorite is he took a hat trick. Like who takes a hat trick in T20 cricket? But he does. Of course yeah. he does. He's a magician. It's almost to, the, well, in fact, it's a day after, um, on this day a year ago. So January 8, so January 9 today, he took, January 8 last year against the Sydney Sixers, a hat trick at the Adelaide Oval. And he just sort of went, this guy can do anything. Yeah. He's just, he has an answer and a trick for every batsman. And I just love that about him. So, and the crowd going off about that was nuts. I, um, I was meant to be, I think it was an earlier game. I think it was a five o'clock start or something that game. And I was here at work, finished at six. So I was watching it on TV just before six o'clock. He's taking a hat trick and I'm going, I could have been there. I could have been there. <laughs> so that was a little bit flattening, but he's just, he just brings so many great memories to, it, I think, us. Eight double two three double O double O. Have you got a good memory of Rashid Khan? Something that he's done that you'll just take with you because and the kids love him. Kids, everyone loves adoring. him. Women, children. <laughs> he's like husbands. They all love him. And we, yeah, he is. How can you not love? He's what he, is not to love. You know, with when Khan? Jerome Randall came to Adelaide. And yes, he similar. had the same effect, but this I reckon. Well, tops it. You reckon tops it? Oh, I think it does. Yeah, by miles. Yeah, it probably does. Yeah, that, no, he's an, he's an amazing human being. I, I even got the chance to interview him um, when the when he suited up. This was the most bizarre experience of my life, and I think I even said this on air when I got to interview him on the bench wearing a crow's kit because he was playing a game of cricket for the Adelaide Football Club. In a T20 charity game. Now, it was the most bizarre experience of my life. I said, Rash, I never thought I'd sit down and chat to you in a crow's kit playing cricket. And he's yep. just like, yeah, this is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take that with me. Eight double two three double O double O. Have your say on the show. We're here till 7 o'clock. We're talking all things SA cricket and the test, of course, Australia and India. It's uh, coming. To, it's come to the end of day three. Australia, two for 103. Labashane. At Stumps on 47, not out with Smith on 29, not out. Great signs at the moment for Alzies. You can have your say on the show. On 1395, Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First 11 Cricket Show. 11 minutes to 7. Hopefully having a good Saturday evening. We're trying to get it kick-started with plenty of chat from the cricket today. Australia, 2 for 103 at Stumps at the end of the third day at the SCG leading by 197 runs against India. Looking very good. And across at the BBL, the Sydney Thunder have won the toss, selected to bowl in Perth, where they play the Scorchers. The Scorchers have only just started in the first over. None for five at the moment. But let's look local. Had a bit of district cricket around the place, Bonds. So Langhorn Creek. No, that was last (laughs) week. How did that that finish up? Um, Did Langhorn Creek? Yeah, Langhorn Creek won. So congratulations to them. That was the only game in Adelaide last week. Yeah. We have a $50 voucher from Ace Cricket, don't we? We do. Now, before we get into your local scores, let's do that. 8223 0055. $50 Ace Cricket voucher. Compline. Give us a call. If you're the third caller in. Third caller. 
you will for win. the three runouts that happened today. <laughs> yes, it's all it's all around threes. Lucky threes. You will be the winner of our fifty dollar voucher. So just be the third caller in eight double two three double o double five. It's all yours. Fifty bucks. Easy. Easy. Premier Cricket today, and it was back today, the boys, and we love our Premier Cricket, so we'll give you the scores right now. Port played Sturt. Port batted first. They were 9 for 2-2-4 after their 50 overs. Ben Cooper, 59. Zach Warden, 55. Seb Young, 2 for 33 for the Double Blues um, for the Sturt boys. And Sturt got the win. 8 down, 2-25 they made. Brad Davis in the runs again, 72. Max Parker, 45. Ben Cooper, 3 for 10 off 2.5 for the Magpies, but uh, Port go down. East Torrens, um, they batted first. Woodville bowled them out for 185. Tate Robins, 80. They were 7 for 84 when Tate came in. He made 80, got them to 185. Ben Turley took Four for 33 for the Peckers. Peckers were unfortunately bowled out. They were cruising and bowled out for 168. Connor McInerney, 51. And Tate Robins had a day out, made 80 with the bat, four for 38 with the ball. Wow. Well played, Tate. Wow. East Torrens get the win. Uni played Kensington. Kensington batted first, made 203. Josh Doyle, 58. David Grant, 35. Liam uh, Gerber made uh, four for 31. Uni in reply, four wickets down, 207, got the win. Sam Kerber, 79, Cole Brazzle, 79, and Cam Fatchen, a couple of wickets for the Browns. So a win to Uni there. Adelaide played Northern Districts. Adelaide made three for 320. Ben Pengelly, 157. Fantastic knock from Ben Pengelly. He's having a, he's having a very good season. Yeah. Very good season. One of the favorites for the Bradman medal. And uh, Siraj Rajesh made 91. Northern Districts were 9 for 144, so easy win there to Adelaide. And Josh Pengelly got 3 for 19. And Brad Fallon, 4 for 27 for Adelaide. So a big win to the Buffaloes. Prospect played Glenelg and Prospect batted first. They were 9 for 186 after 50. Um, Will Bowring, 3 for 34 for the uh, Seahorses. And Glenelg... One down, one for 188, an easy win to them. Jake Winter, 112. Ben Bullimore, 62. So a big win for the boys from the Bay. And the final game in Premier Cricket, West Torrens played Tea Tree Gully. Tea Tree Gully bowled out for 122. And Daniel Drew, who I spoke about earlier, three for Mm -hmm. 24. And Nick McGraith, three for 23. And West Torrens got the runs, three wickets down. They are three for 123. Bailey Capel, 61 not. There you go. Wow. So good win to the Eagles. There you go. Yeah, you're a little bit filthy today because your woodpeckers didn't oh, like it. They were done. cruising. And then, yeah, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> you really have dirtied up on it. Um, the WNCL, uh, just a yes. little news piece here, have had to move their fixtures around as well after uh, COVID has struck yet again. Bit of a tough time for the girls, but their fixtures had to move. Yes, moved later in the month. It was supposed to start uh, next weekend, and there was going to be three games at Karen Rolton Oval. Now that's been pushed back to the end of January. So um, I'm not sure if they've released those games yet, but there'll be there'll be more um, WNCL cricket. It's just pushed back a little bit later to yeah. this bloody COVID. That's okay. How about the New Zealanders? Uh, they are now number one in world cricket. I'm just... 
I'm still trying to comprehend that because they came to Australia last year and they got absolutely rolled. And obviously, we only know what is front of mind because what we see is what really matters in Australia. And what we saw was an annihilation. We we blitzed them. Yep. And, and they're, now they're number one in the world. But they rolled India in New Zealand. It's crazy. And then they've absolutely smashed <laughs> Pakistan. What about Kane Williamson just making double hundreds for fun? He's a freak. He's a bloody freak. Is he the best batsman in the world at the moment? Right now? 100%. Right now. Is yeah. he better than Coley? 200% right Is he now. better than Smith? Yeah. Right now, yes. You pick him and your team before anyone. He's on fire. And I, I thought um, it was a few weeks back when it must have been Boxing Day, the Boxing Day game they had, and their pitch looked like my backyard. It was as green as green. And he scored 200 on it. And I just thought, this, this, I'm done. Well, I'm done. This guy can do anything. It's amazing. He scores another double. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he scored another 130 odd in the last game as well. Something. He's just a, a freak of nature, this man. Amazing. Will, will, if he's not already, he will go down as the best New Zealand batsman of all time. Yeah. If he's not already. Yeah, I think Brendan McCullum had some huge praise about him as a player, like in New Zealand cricket hmm. history. They, he is rated probably the best right now. Along those lines, he's just an absolute superstar. What a so, cricketer. No, it makes it interesting as well because the World Test rankings, uh, they're number one, but there's now a World Test Championship as well where everyone's playing for points. And Australia are currently top of that at the moment, which is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, every series now matters. Every match matters because you need to get to the final. And the top two teams on that ladder go to Lords and play the final, and we'd, I think it'd be great to see New Zealand Australia there or something. At Lords, different. yeah, wouldn't that be different? Surely that's uh, within the station's budget to send us over. Hundred <laughs> percent, I would love that. <laughs> hey, congratulations to Jack from Semaphore. You've won our fifty dollars Ace Cricket voucher. Very shortly, you're going to hear from Andrew Reimer. He's on tonight for your talkback all the way up to midnight. But first, a little bit of best of as well to get you toward eight o'clock. Thanks for your company. We'll be back again next Saturday from six.